You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. My name is Elle. And I'm Jared. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Today, friends, we are having a very deep and intimate conversation. That's right. I'm feeling a little bit nervous about this one, Elle. A little sweaty. Because uh, a little sweaty. You're right. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really lifting the lid off on this one and inviting people in. Um, because, uh, because I, I, I think uh, our marriages and our families are are a really important part of being on mission here in Canada. And, and the truth is, uh, I don't think we're doing this well. At this point, uh, in the research that I've done around church planting, one of the things I keep noticing is how families get left behind. They get left out. And I think it's because we insist that it's the mission or it's the family. We insist on the right. family being this private world unto itself. And uh, and the mission is separate. And sometimes the mission is in conflict. And, and that's not how it is in my family. That's not how it is, at least in my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the boys are, are young at this point and we talk about that a lot as a family. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe we won't get the, that part of the equation, right. But I know that at least with my wife, it, it really is a together thing. And I just wanted to share that with people, not in a come over here and witness perfection. Cause my marriage is definitely not perfection, but it, we do this together. I think that's important. I wanted to share it, but I feel weird because it is a bit intimate and it is a bit, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all of this level of transparency. Well, I really enjoyed listening to it. Number one, because I think the topic and conversation is so important. Um, I can't say enough how important it is, I think, to be talking about families on mission, marriages together on mission, not just one person. But the other reason I'm so excited about it is because the world will finally see that, really, Jared, you, you've married up. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't already evident to people. <laughs> it's very you, true. You, you married up. So big thanks to you and Kath for being so transparent and open and honest and sharing this with us. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It really is a great conversation that Jared and Kathy have. So let's get it rolling. It's the New Leaf Project. Hello, everybody. I'm here with my wife. Hello. Catherine Siebert. The third. No, no. just kidding. <laughs> You're the first. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and uh, we're just here to talk a little bit about uh, what marriage and ministry looks like. For us. For us. Yeah. We're not going to make claims on how other people should do things, right? That is correct. Yeah. We will not do that. Yeah. But we'll talk about how ours works. And the reason I want to talk to you about this is because um, I'm often on the road. Mm-hmm. You notice that? There are times. It's noticeable. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll stop. (laughs) Um, But it's true. It's, uh, you know, I'm on the road and people are like, where's your family? How how come you didn't bring it? Well, it's because. Education. (laughs) It's because they're in 
<laughs> They're in Saskatoon and it's a 37 hour drive from here. Um, uh, and so you guys don't, you guys don't share, um, certain aspects of my life right now in the sense of you're not there. You're not witnessing it. Physically with you. Yeah. 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 And the, in the, in that, like in a normal pastoring gig, mm -hmm. you would, you would see me in action in a way that I don't think you do right now. Right. And, and a lot of people are worried. They're worried about our marriage. They're worried that um, I might be doing damage to you and I might be doing damage to my sons. Um, and I, I respect those questions and those concerns. Uh, uh, yeah. If it's coming from a concern. Yeah. That you can yeah, they're know. coming from a good place. And, yeah. But it, I also feel like you and I have something unique as a relationship and I, I think it, it makes what I do possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to talk about is not, you know, again, we're not talking about other people. We're just talking about you and me. Yeah. And for our sure. voice. But, um, yeah. How does this work? How does, how does this work? So let's start at the beginning. So when you and I were dating mm -hmm. and, so very long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a while ago. Um, I, I remember it because yeah. I, I wanted to marry you, and I think you wanted to marry me. But, yes. <laughs> but, we, but we decided that we would take a moment to think about it and um, to... To not, to not rush into it just because that's what people do who are in love. To really think twice about whether this is a good idea or not. So, mm -hmm. so what do you remember that we, we did in those moments? I, for whatever reason, maybe because we watched um, each of our parents be in committed relationships, understanding that for this decision to happen, we both considered it to be one where we were fairly hopeful mm -hmm. <laughs> about it being a long-term yeah. commitment. So having, and being really young, like we were married at 20 and you turned 22 on our honeymoon, so 20 and 21, um, is quite young and really young compared well, to today's standards yeah, 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 to yeah. consider such um, a big life decision and whether or not you know, even if other people thought, oh, do they know what they're doing? I really felt in my heart. I knew what I was doing in that I was aware of the decision to love you. That it wasn't just a romantic feeling and it wasn't just the warm fuzzy. It was I was going to commit to loving you, whatever that looked like at mm. 20 or what it's looking like at 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that day came for me quite distinctly in your hometown on a visit in the summer but before we decided to get married in a little herbs country kitchen <laughs> restaurant, <laughs> home-cooked meals, just sitting across the table from you in that moment of realizing that, yes, this is the person you are the person that I am choosing. See, I, I think I remember it a little bit differently in that I remember 
you and I saying, okay, I think we, we want to get engaged and I think we do want to get married, but, um, we actually took some time in prayer specifically mm-hmm. to ask God, is this a good idea? Knowing who you are, knowing who I am, is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. Because we, I think for us, or at least for me, I don't know, I won't speak for you, but I didn't want to just get married because that's what people do. I... I didn't want to just take the next step because that's what naturally happens in a serious relationship. I wanted to do it because um, there was some level of alignment. And mm-hmm. I think we tried to pray for that alignment. And I, I don't remember like a moment where that alignment happened particularly. Like no, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't magic or anything. There wasn't like a bolt from the blue or the burning bush in the backyard. But um, I do re- recall praying and with like in earnest, like God, if 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 you need us to do something else, or if this mm-hmm. isn't a good idea, or if this is a distraction, let's help us sort things out. But th- there wasn't really an answer, was there? No, there wasn't anything that came back other than <laughs> I guess we get to decide. <laughs> right, right. And so it was sort of this, well, if you two kids want to do it, then go ahead and do it. Um, and, but, but we kind of, somehow I felt like in that prayer anyway, that we were prepared in a way that there was a, this sense of, okay, so if we want to do it, then, then some of the consequences and some of the realities of it are are our own. We have to, we have to own that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I remember entering marriage to you in that way. You had a front row seat for a, a pastor and, and spouse kind of arrangement in a marriage. I didn't have that. Right. My, my parents, yeah, definitely were a ministry couple and my dad had pastored and, also worked for various Christian organizations uh, throughout his uh, throughout and they continue to do so. And my parents were a ministry couple for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad wasn't hired by a church, and neither was my mom. Like right. we, we were just active normal. members of the church, yeah. and always had an open door policy at your home. Yeah, for anyone. And that, who that was the same in your family too. Yeah. And I think that's really shaped our life together is that open door policy. A lot of people have actually walked through that door. Yes. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, so we, we, our foundation of our marriage was born out of a, out of a period of discernment where we actually did some real thinking and some real asking, not just in prayer, but of, of our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, uh, we, we had a period where, okay, I was finishing up school, you were working. And then pretty soon after that, I, I started working as a pastor mm-hmm. of, Within two of years. a church plant. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what was that role like for you when, when, we did get married 
as it turned out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, yeah. So I was a pastor. Yeah. And so we moved to locations. Mm -hmm. We moved away from like family at the time. Four or five hours down the road. Family and friends. We left to go live in a new city and co-pastor, um, a church in Kingston with brand new community, people we'd never met. Yeah. And so, so what was that decision making process like for you? And, um, how did you kind of roll with that new reality for us? I think coming out of Bible college, like as you were finishing up and tracking to do that, we were pretty open to, not staying in the city, which we were being educated. Mm-hmm. So um, having found such a great community in Kingston, I was pretty excited just, you know, hearing about the types of people and mm-hmm. um, having gone to a couple of times to visit, knowing that that's where we'd end up closer to the time of moving. So upon arrival and meeting these new people, um, I found it exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of myself as an adventurer, although Mm -hmm. there are times where I balk at change. But on the whole, (laughs) I like to think of my overarching self as adventurous. Well, I Um, I think that's true. So I just, I felt like that was the start of, well, getting married was the start, but this was just the first big step on a new adventure. Mm -hmm. And so I embraced that. Um, the community that we found ourselves in with this church plant of people from all backgrounds, all mm-hmm. demographics, all socioeconomic statuses, um, didn't seem very traditional to me. Mm-hmm. Having grown up in a pastor's home and watched certain expectations or, or what we think of now as traditional expectations on a mm-hmm. pastor couple, whether or not the wife is actually employed by the church or not. Right. So for instance, like you didn't play the piano. I Thank God, because that would have been horrid for everyone involved. Because you don't play the piano. Because I do not play an instrument. And you didn't run the Sunday school department. Thank God, because people would not mind watching their kids. Even though we have two of our own. Yeah. And it's perfectly legal. And... <laughs> I don't even think they knew to even have those kinds of expectations mm-hmm. on anyone in those roles. So I did not, and whether even people did or didn't, I never felt that I had to be someone other than who who you are. I actually am. So let me let me ask you something because I noticed something about how you lived in those in those days, and that was sometimes you would talk to your mom uh, on the phone and she would give you advice about what to do. And, and I wonder if sometimes uh, married couples who are involved in ministry, if they don't have that in their life, they may be, yeah, they might be uh, missing something profoundly important to them or a a survival uh, mechanism Mm-hmm. So, so tell me what what was she for you in those days, and what were what were some of the things that that she helped you walk through or or think through in, sure. your, in your marriage and my, in your life? My mom is a prayer, so 
a lot of times those conversations with my mom would be about, well, even just being away from family or the friends we left in Kings or in Kitchener. Sometimes there was that, I really miss people. Mm -hmm. um, so she's able to speak into those things and always bring you back to, but the people that you ha have been given right now, a reminder that God's greatest gift to us, I feel, in our lifetime has always been the people we're able to meet no matter yeah, where we are. You're right. And there's yeah. always amazing people in every city. Like, the family is big. God's family is big. And there yeah. are amazing people everywhere. That is the best gift that I think, one of the best gifts we've been given. My mom's an anchoring person. She and I are really good friends, not just a mother-daughter role, but mm -hmm. actual friends. Yeah. And so yeah. we share a friendship. So some of those conversations, although, yes, would have been ministry-related and encouragement and uplifting and prayer was also just I always had a lifeline to someone who is my really good friend um, it, in a new situation that was like right. a lifeline one thing too um, we quickly um, met couples or a couple in particular in Kingston as well that in short order became mentors for us and this couple would take us into their home regularly and be there to talk about the life of the church and us as a couple and be encouraging of us and drink their tea, eat their good <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for any couple, not just those who find themselves in the front lines of um, ministry being hired by churches and or yeah. by vocational church leaders, to find a little network of people where yeah you need safe people in your life you need safe to, people people to you make can this rely work on. so let's talk about our lives now because the, the the truth is when i when i talk about how our existence works now so now i'm a denominational leader mm -hmm. i've been the same same role for 10 years actually longer than i've been directly a church planter yes we're um, in our 11th year yeah and um, I travel a lot sometimes. Yeah, right? there are definitely cyclical times, like our calendar year, January through, well, late spring, early summer is quite... Yeah, it's full. Full, and then summer slows down, fall picks up right till right before Christmas, and then... And then Christmas I, is like empty. Yeah, so and that's that's different than a normal pastor. And that Christmas isn't busy for me. It's actually right. It's not your large, you know, getting prepped and yeah. excitement for some big Christmas event or and or whatever the church is right now. So I can be gone. How many days a month would you say right now? Like in the busy times, in the worst, like the worst of it. Well, times. probably well at least half. If it's the super yeah, like busy fifteen time. days, yeah. potentially a month. Sure. So. So, and I'll go for, say, a seven-day stretch or, um, you know, that's that's pretty... That's uh, our typical uh, long stretch. Sometimes it has to be longer. Like, mm -hmm. 9 to 11 would be our super outside. A right. week at a time is pretty standard. And then anything shorter than that, like, four days feels like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you gone? <laughs> <laughs> So, but you're, you're, but you're back already. <laughs> the, the, the truth is, a lot of people are worried about me. They're worried about how I, how our marriage works. Like, are you okay? Are the boys okay? So, explain that side of things. 
we are all okay in that having children and having children be part of this life that was already in progress before they arrived. This is our life together. Mm-hmm. Um, traveling and being uh, able to serve the people you've been asked to serve, church planters, starters, those mm-hmm. in churches thinking about doing new things for the sake of having more Canadians realize what the good news is in the world. That is a commitment that we are all committed to, our kids included. Whether or not, you know, years down the road we need to get them their therapy fund funded larger <laughs> or not. That's regardless. I mean, but you know, gonna- the, the truth is like I, you know, on my sabbatical, I really wanted to address that topic of of how are we doing as a family? And I remember one night specifically, I I like tried to call a family meeting. I'm like, all right, boys, like if this isn't working for you, it's not, it won't work for me. Like I, this is not that important that I hurt your relationship with Jesus. I, or I hurt your relationship with me. So, you know, if this isn't working for you and they were so bored by that conversation, they're like literally probably within two or three minutes I just, they were like, dad, can we go downstairs? Can we just stop talking about this? Mm -hmm. And then I turned to you and I said like, all right, you're an adult who has (laughs) more patience for these kinds of topics. But, you know, you also just said like, if this wasn't working, I would tell you. So I guess one of the things that I, I just wonder about is, is is how does it work? Because I I see ministry couples that really struggle in this department of 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 I don't I don't I don't know how to describe it. So before I make a giant gaff of insensitivity, which I'm nice prone word. To, Let's not gaff here. Yeah. Can can you help me? Can you help uh, frame this in a way? Like, how does this actually work? How does our marriage function so that it's not damaging to either you or the, or our sons? I need to be clear in that my first love is Jesus. Not me. You're close second. Um there's something to be said for being in an intimate relationship with the person that does love us most in the world. And even though I love him immensely, what's required of me is obedience. When Jesus said, follow me, and I made the decision and I said my big yes to that, that included living a life alongside someone who I, I knew had, has, and continues, and will always have their own committed relationship to Jesus and a big yes to him. And so getting on the same page as a married couple with both of our yeses to who we know Jesus is and to what he's asking us each to do, calling, vocation, job, whatever, living life for him, for the sake of others, for the sake of the good news in the world— that has been a driver for me. 
why does our marriage work now when you're gone and when you're here is because we've said yes to the big ask of our lives, which is different. I don't travel. I'm not a theology person. People ask me, so what are the tenets of Free Methodist Church in Canada? I'm like, great question. You should speak to my husband. <laughs> because all the things that, you know, make you feel alive in the world. Mm-hmm. My bent is different. I care. Yeah, well, like, we're not, we don't have massive theological conversations regularly. <laughs> no, and I'm sure that disappoints many that would love to have theological discussions around the dinner table at night. We would all be leaving and Jared would be alone talking into the mic so that he could just hear someone talk back. Um, so here's the thing is that in when couples find themselves in ministry and in ministry together, being on the same page with the big yes that they've said to Jesus and following Jesus in their own individual lives, but getting on that same page for the sake of that marriage, for the sake of that other thing, as they serve God together— for the sake of others, what does that look like? Is it always aligned? Is it always the same? Well, we know it isn't always for a lot of couples out there, and we know it can be a struggle. We know that for a lot of women, especially, the phrase that I've heard in the past has been, I live alongside somebody else's calling. Mm-hmm. What? How do we make sense of that? In I don't have all the answers to that. Um, I think, though, when you do reflect on the marriage and why you've said yes, and even if you couldn't see the future at the time on that day that you took your vows, we still committed to ride it out with with that person. And hopefully it's a reciprocated, ongoing conversation between two human beings that have each other's back. And I know that with our situation, uh, Gratefully, I've been able to, at this point in my life, come upon career and in, that I'm yeah. thoroughly enjoying and loving. Yeah. And, and if you were to ask me, are we moving tomorrow to go do something new? I would be hesitant because I feel like right. I'm just coming into my own. Yeah, in you're really ways. hitting your, your, your I'm hitting stride right a now. A certain stride right now. But I was reminded by a really good friend the other night that to be that follower of Jesus, it really truly doesn't matter the job you find yourself in, the occupation you find yourself in, hopefully it is one that you're passionate about. That's a that's a luxury we all wish we could say we have. But he just wants you in those moments to mm. be for him and working alongside him and aligned with him. So would I even right now, if if we as a family felt strongly that it was time to go serve in another way, in another city, for the sake of others, knowing that there's great people everywhere. And there's a big family to love on, even in other cities. And even though I was in this great stride, I would have to ask Jesus, the lover of my soul, the person who has my back, is this what you want of me right now? And if it was, you know, that's something that, thankfully, we talk about as a family, make those decisions as a family. It's not you and I against each other. Your no. your your preferences and your even if it's like I've heard, well, it's my turn. Women feel like they've given up certain aspects right. of their and lives. They, so they say it's to my sacrifice turn now. something, and it's nice to have their turn. It's nice for me right now to be in a nice 
stride in my career. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful. I'm, I'm loving it. I feel like that would would be what people would say is my turn. But I think that's a, a that's something we have to think about reframing and not saying. I don't find it helpful because couples need to work that part out together and not in competition with each other, in love towards one another. Um, and again, I don't have all the answers on that particular struggle that you know ministry couples find themselves. Yeah, in. but I, I think what you're saying is really important because it's it's not just me. It's not just you. It's not a solo venture. No. It's not you doing your own thing and me doing my own thing. No, this is is a... It wouldn't work. No. That's when it wouldn't work. That's when it would stop working is if we ever felt like we were not on the same page. I think that's really important that... that, um, I think that's what makes this functional is that it's not just my story versus your story but this is our story together and you know i'm i like to believe this i think this is true that you know if if i had to stop doing the current ministry i'm involved with now uh in order to serve you or one of the boys for some particular reason that I'd be willing to do that. Um, and, and that would be a mutually arrived at mm-hmm. arrangement. Mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely believe that, that I would, that I'm ready for that. Um, but it, so far it's, it has been in some ways, uh, uh, what I've been up to, um, that's kind of dictated at least where we lived, not necessarily what we're doing. You know, I've put my family through a lot and in the, Oh, well, you disagree with that. I disagree with that phrase. Okay, tell me. Well, you haven't put us through a lot because every time we've made these decisions, we made them together and as a family. So we've never felt like we've been put through anything other than what we decided we were going to do. Okay, that's interesting because I think it's just my guilt coming out or when people look at me or they hear about how I live um, and how we live. It's so exciting they, I and feel, great. I feel though. like they look at me with pity and so I maybe think maybe I'm doing something wrong. No, it's really difficult to move a family from Ontario to Saskatchewan and them not be in agreement <laughs> like really difficult yes like i can't imagine how some like that well how you and i would have done that really difficult if we didn't agree and this wasn't we weren't put through anything other than here is a new province to explore new people to share life with that have been amazing again every community we've ever been a part of there's always great people to love on that's wherever you go that's the whole world that is god's big picture so that keeps us going well i just want you to be free of your guilt because we don't carry that and you should be freed from that (laughs) Um, a joint love of mutual respect for one another with your relationship individually with jesus being the one that dictates the ask in our lives and if we are able to listen and surrender and walk through that door it's 
it's been wonderful. Like, we won't ever look back on these years and have regrets. I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see that. And if the boys do, that's what their therapist is going to be for. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, as a family, I, I can't really find um, the downside here. So, well, I hope that this conversation, it's not, uh, we haven't necessarily given you, you know, tips or tricks, but that's certainly how things work for us. And it's not, when I think about it clearly and when I ask clearly, it, it's not a burden and, and we're doing okay, right? We are fantastic. <laughs> I think so. We are too. doing so well. Okay. So, um, that's uh, that's the conversation about how our marriage works. No gaffes here. And no, it was a no gaff evening. It was a no gaff evening. All right. This has been your non gaff podcast. Thanks. Sorry, I'm ruining it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think that was honest and true, and that's that's what I was shooting for. So. All right, I think this is over. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Let's declare it now. Okay, we're done. Uh, bye. Big thank you to Jared and Kathy for being so open and transparent and honest and sharing what uh, mission and ministry looks like for their family. You know, I was encouraged, and, and uh, I hope that people are challenged. Maybe some of their narratives or their assumptions about family and mission and marriage. I hope that they were challenged and, and encouraged by your, your openness and your transparency. So um, I know you were feeling a little nervous and a little sweaty. I really was. But I think it turned out all right. So thank you so much, truly, for uh, sharing that uh, that piece of your lives with us. Thanks, Al. I, you know, if, if, if some of this podcast brought some stuff up for you while you're listening... I just want to encourage you to to not go this alone. Kath and I have had lots of people in our lives that we've talked to, that we've worked things out with, and and uh, so I always want to emphasize the value of that. Don't go through these things alone. Uh, I watch I watch how families function, and how families function is a major piece of whether or not church plants are able to continue. Um, uh, in some cases, even marriages are able to continue. Like, so please, you know, if this has inspired you or, or made you ask some questions, talk to your spouse, talk to your kids about, about mission, talk to your kids about how this all works for them, what's going on in their lives. Just don't do this alone. And, mm-hmm. and I think, I, I think I, if anything, I hope that we've encouraged people to just have better conversations. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in and hanging out with us. We so appreciate you and we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the things you hear here on the New Leaf Project. We will see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.